Welcome to Spark the Podcast. We are a group of Christian creatives seeking to connect with God and grow in our faith. We believe in the power of testimony and the blessings that come with being in community with others. Let's be honest, we just can't do it alone. We want to invite you to be a part of it, whether your coffee is running low or you're on the go. Come join the conversation. Hi, and welcome back to Spark the Podcast. My name is Jenna Schottmeyer, here with our other host, McKenna Saylor. Hi, guys. And today, we are so excited to have Michelle Struss on the podcast. Woohoo! Michelle is a watercolorist born with a form of dwarfism, causing short stature and orthopedic complications. Despite the challenges and setbacks, her physical disability is what God has used to shape her faith and perspective on life. Michelle is confident in who God is and who he has made her to be. Despite the many challenges and limitations she lives with, God has enabled Michelle to go on the heights in her faith, life, and art, all to unveil his glory and power. Her story and paintings motivate others from young to old to look beyond what the eyes see to what is unseen and limitless. Michelle's work has traveled the world, hanging in the humblest of homes and developing countries, as well as a Museum of Biblical Art in Dallas, Texas, along with works by Michelangelo, Andy Warhol, Mary Cassatt, and John Singer Sargent. Regardless of where her paintings call home, her re- realistic style draws the viewer into her work as if they themselves are standing before the subject, which demands a response. I have known Michelle my whole life, and she's seriously one of the most inspirational people that I know because of her faithful walk with Jesus. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Uh, Ladies, thank you for that introduction and this opportunity. I am just so excited and honored to be with you today. We are so excited to have you, and you're just an incredible watercolor artist. I've gotten to look through your Instagram and your website, and um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you got started and just a little bit more about your business, His Paintbrush. Absolutely. So, uh, My goal was never to own my own small business, but um, after I did the painting, My Hero, I started to get requests for prints. And so that's what began my business. Um, I sell both prints and note cards of my paintings. And the tagline to his paintbrush is watercolors that breathe hope. So whether it's the subject I paint or the meaning I give it, I want my work to point to Jesus and spark inspiration and encouragement. Oh, I love that. You guys have to check her stuff out. It's just been, it's been literally that in my life, just a spark of hope and light. And I know that Michelle, you have had your fair share of medical complications throughout your whole life. Would you mind just kind of telling us your background a bit and just, you know, a part of your story? Absolutely. So I was born, as McKenna shared, with a form of dwarfism. Uh, There are many forms, but mine is spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia congenita, more (laughs) commonly known as SED congenita. And SED affects the growth plates of the bones, which results in short stature. And I stand on a very good day, three feet, 10 inches. Mm-hmm. And while my height is the first thing people see about me, it's actually the least of my problems. My bones are 
not just small, they're deformed. And so I have a lot of orthopedic issues. And each um, form of dwarfism is known for different uh, problems. And SED is known for hip and spine problems. And as a result, I've been in that operating room close to 30 times in my life. Um, most of those surgeries were as a child, um, which is a blessing because they're a lot harder as an adult. But even with all those surgeries, um, as a kid, I walked very poorly. I swung side to side very badly. Um, and when I was a freshman in high school, I had my both of my hips operated on. And after all of my hip surgeries, I would be put in what's called a spica cast or a body cast. And so from mid chest down to my toes, I could not move. And it was to immobilize my hips while I healed from the surgery. And the average length for me, my bones always were slow healers, um, was about 10 weeks that I would be in those body casts. And so after that surgery, when I was a freshman in high school, came out of the cast and your muscles atrophy something terrible. Um, it's been two and a half months. And so, of course, you need crutches while you rehab um, back. But unfortunately, as the weeks went on, I was never able to get off those crutches. And my doctor explained it as muscle weakness from so many surgeries. My left hip had been cut into many times. And then before I was three years old, my spinal cord was compressed. And so that causes um, neurological damage. So as time went on, not only did I become more dependent on the crutches, but I began to swing through with them. I, I didn't really walk. I put both crutches forward and then swung my body through. I never had another surgery until the year after I graduated college. Just on my left hip at that point, I was put back in another body cast, which just to paint the picture, I've been away at college for four years. I had such a great time. I stayed out an additional year. I was independent. And now I was home in a body cast, flat on my back. You don't sit, you don't walk, you don't care for yourself. And so after about 10 weeks, I went down to Maryland where my doctor is. I live in New Jersey and got the cast off. And that night, my doctor came in to my hospital room with my x-rays and the gravest look on his face. And he said, the bone is not healed at all. Oh. And it was truly the hardest time of my life where my physical journey is. And I just, I couldn't talk. The next day, I was back in the OR. I had a bone graft and I was put back in another body cast. And from beginning to end, I was flat on my back in a cast for five and a half months. Or another way to say it, 22 and a half weeks. Another way to say it, 157 days. 
And my faith during that time became my own. I grew up in a Christian home. I never veered from the faith. But the rubber met the road really quick in those days and weeks and months. And my faith was awfully stretched and it grew. One year after all of that, I fell and I shattered my hip, that hip that had had those surgeries. And in the end, I needed to have a hip replacement. And so it's really easy to say, why God? Why five and a half months when that hip got cut out anyway and I got an artificial hip? And the Lord reminded me of a story that a friend had shared with me of how God asked this man to push on a rock. And for 25 years, the man obeyed and he pushed on that rock, but it never budged an inch. And the man gave up in frustration. He said, God, what was it all for? I was obedient and that I pushed on that rock for 25 years, but it never moved. And God responded, I didn't ask you to move the rock. I asked you to push on it. And it was the muscles that that man built in those years that God was interested in. And so for me, that season wasn't about making my body strong. It was about making my spirit strong. So while my faith muscles were strong, um, I did still need crutches to walk. And it was hard. Um, they're not fun. I'm thankful for them in that I'm not in a wheelchair. Uh, I wasn't in a wheelchair, but one day through my frustration, I remember declaring very clearly, I'm going to burn my crutches if I ever come to the day when I don't need to use them. And the next day, and not the next day, I'm sorry, the next time I saw my doctor, I asked him, what are the chances that I won't need my crutches someday? And his wisdom spoke. And in a gentle but somber voice, he, he explained Michelle. And it's the same stuff he had been sharing with me, as I already shared with you. Neurological damage and muscle damage are why I was so dependent on the crutches. So he was telling me, no, you will always need the crutches. But I never stopped praying and believing. And after 13 years of being dependent, fully dependent on those crutches, God slowly enabled my body to where I just needed a cane, one single cane to walk. And ladies, there were so many times it felt like I was carrying that cane. Like I didn't really even need it. That is how light mm. I felt on my feet. And the time I was on the crutches, there was just such a heaviness uh, to my body. Like that's how it felt. I did not have the strength to even take a step without the crutches. And so I followed through on my declaration. And in 2001, in front of over a hundred family and friends, I burned my crutches mm. and I had friends fly in from El Salvador. I had family from across the nation come in and witness the ceremony. And my doctor of 28 years 
drove up from Maryland for the occasion, and he shared with the people, there are many great doctors, but only one healer. The healer is the Lord above us. We have to acknowledge this. And though I've tried, I don't have words to describe what it was like picking up one crutch at a time and throwing them into the fire and standing there watching them burn. But the closest I can come is the word indescribable. And that whole occasion was proof that man does not get the final say over our circumstances. Michelle, that is so powerful. I know that the crutch burning was in 2001, so it was about 20 years ago. I remember that day. I remember your courage as you threw them into the fire. Mm. And I just remember just how unbelievably strong and powerful and just what a statement that made to all of us in all of our lives. You know, I think when you're going through these battles that feel really, really lonely, you have no idea how many people are actually watching you. And I know for me, it's just been so powerful to watch what the Lord has done, not only in your life, but in your heart. Mm -hmm. And because I know you, I know that this isn't the end of your story um, and your medical story. You know, so would you share with us what the following years looked like after that? Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that, Jenna. It just touches me deeply. Um, yeah, so as my story continues, six years after I burned my crutches, I fell. And I fractured my pelvic bone on the side of that hip replacement. And I had a new doctor at the time, my lifelong surgeon passed away. And so the new doctor told me how I had to use crutches for six weeks while that pelvis healed. And those, and the six weeks, but just that beginning was hard, hard, hard to return to crutches. That was my past. God delivered me. He freed me. He healed me. So incredibly hard emotionally and mentally, but six weeks came and passed and I tried to walk with my cane again, but I could not. The pain was extreme and the hip would not bear the weight. My doctor had no explanation, um, you know, did all kinds of tests, x-rays, and um, there were no answers. And as time went on, my pain only increased and my function decreased. And this started months of doctor appointments and tests and empty answers. And in the middle of that incredibly discouraging time, God gave me a vision out of nowhere. And he showed me the path in front of me. And it was very dark and it was uh, filled with fear and discouragement empty answers, a wheelchair, pain, but right in front of me, keeping me from that dark path ahead was a big cement roadblock. And it had the orange warning strips like on it. And God revealed to me that he is that roadblock that was gonna keep me from that dark path that I could see. And with that vision, God spoke two words, and it was, seek me. 
And at that time of my life, it was a constant struggle for me to make quality time with God a, a daily priority to fit him into my agenda. I have my lists, I have my plans and check it off. And, and if I had time at the end of the day, I fit in my Bible reading or whatever quiet time with God I had. But um, God be, um, he was calling me to go, to go deeper in my walk with him. And so I began giving him the first part of my days. And that was 14 years ago when God gave me that vision. And set aside time with God is now a passion and daily priority for me. And so back to the physical side, um, I'm going to spare you an awful lot of drama and medical jargon. A year after I fell, I learned that the, the fracture never did heal. And so I had to have surgery and my doctor, I came out, I came out of surgery saying how wonderful it went. However, it did not. Um, it, I, I was still in awful pain and I still could not bear weight. And so for the next eight months, I complained and he kept giving me empty answers. But after those eight months, the, the problem showed itself. And my doctor expressed just how concerned he was over my situation. And he said to me, Michelle, in my 20 years of practice with 700 surgeries a year, I've never seen this before. And those days were hard, ladies. They were incredibly discouraging. And I just kept getting knocked down. And I was so weary and it was as though I couldn't get my head above the water long enough to catch my breath. But I'm telling you that I have learned that our God is a God under the water too. And my, my situation, my case got more complex than, than my doctor was able to handle. And so he needed to find a surgeon that would be able to, to do the needed surgery. And while he was researching doctors, my body kept going in this downward spiral. But I am telling you, in those weeks, there was a grace over my life, and I was doing awesome. And people at church and friends would see me knowing how dire my situation felt, if you will. And they'd ask with heaviness, Michelle, how are you doing? And I'd say, I'm great. And they'd look at me confused and I'd realize like the, the, um, the confusion. And I'd say, oh, my body's not, my body's hot mess, but I'm doing well. And, and the best way I can explain it to you is it was well with my soul. All that time I was spending with Jesus was keeping my spirit healthy and strong. And during that season of my life, Psalm 73, verses 26 and 28, became my theme verse. And it says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. As for me, God's presence is my good. So six weeks later, my doctor reached out with a new surgeon's name 
I had surgery. It went incredibly smoothly. That hip is solid. I have no pain. I have more flexibility. But 15 years now since I fell and broke the pelvic bone, and it's been four surgeries later, I am still fully dependent on crutches. And I don't know why God allowed me to burn my crutches only to need them again. But I don't have to. Job 121 tells us the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And honestly, ladies, he's still writing my story. There's still that vision that he is fulfilling. Wow, Michelle, I'm, I was like on a little emotional roller coaster listening to you and, and all the hardships that you went through and that, um, that God was right there by your side through it all. And even during the, the burning of the crutches, he was there. Even when you're having to use crutches every day, he's there. And, and how mm-hmm. you are that good and faithful servant. And, and the reward is going to be so magnificent in heaven. Like, that's what I kept seeing. Whenever you're saying this and all the struggles and the trials that you're going through, that that reward for you in heaven is just going to be 10 times everything you went through. And, mm-hmm. um, and, I can't wait for that for you, you know, and to be reunited with, with Jesus. Um, I know your faith, you know, is, pays a, it plays a huge part in your life um, and just the journey that you've had with God throughout these trials. Can you share with us a few things that you've learned just kind of along the way? Absolutely. Um, what I've learned, McKenna, is that God is faithful. Um, The most practical thing that I've learned would be the importance of spending time with Jesus every day. You know, I think of how any relationship, it's strengthened when we spend time together and connect with that person. And James 4, 8 tells us, God draws near to us when we draw near to him. And the most difficult times of my life have also been the sweetest seasons with the Lord. It's that time I spend with him behind closed doors that strengthens me to walk my life out. And I can't tell you how spending time with God changes my perspective time and again. My, one of my biggest ways to connect with the Lord is through journaling. And over and over, I will sit down in one frame of mind and I'll pour my heart out to God. And like, as I'm writing, all of a sudden look at what I wrote and, and it's God's answer. It's God's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I walk away from that time with him and nothing's changed externally, but yet everything has changed internally for me. And I grew up with my mom drilling into me as a kid and a teenager, Michelle attitude is 99% of the ball game. And you know what, ladies, I didn't have a choice in the way I was created and in the many things that I can't do physically, but I've learned that I am the one who determines how much life my disability is going to rob from me. That was not determined in my mother's womb. And years ago, I heard this, that life is 20% what happens to us and 80% how we respond. 
And so much of that depends on our perspective. So just um, time with God is a huge one. And my attitude, my perspective, um, just the power of that in, in facing daily, daily and lifelong uh, challenges. Yeah, and Michelle, I mean, I can, again, just see that so clearly in your life. You know, I think another just incredible thing about just journeying, you know, these years, just being being a friend and talking with you and getting together with you. I think um, one of the transformative works that I think the Lord also did was just for you to be able to care for others really well, because I know that you had things that were you know, that seem, were seemingly, you know, robbed from you and, but that you were able to just be joyful with others and see, um, I don't know, really have like really great and deep friendships and go through life with um, so many amazing people. And I don't know, I just see that, that incredible depth in just who you are that can only come from God. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. been, I don't know, I just, think you're the best. Um, and yeah, I know that, you know, your artwork is just absolutely incredible. And one of the things that I love about artwork and creating artwork is, is being able to create something out of nothing. You know, it really connects me with God because that's what God does. You know, he creates something out of nothing. You know, you have like a blank page there and you don't really know where when or where to start and then all of a sudden it can become this you know this artwork this beautiful creation um and so I would just love for you to share some of the ways that God has spoken to you through your artwork Hmm. I think one of the best examples that I can use is my painting entitled redemption um it's based on Revelation 12, 11, which I know is also Sparks theme verse, uh, which says, mm-hmm. and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And in that painting I did um, entitled Redem- Redemption, I represented God handing down from heaven the lamb of God uh, into the world uh, where there's darkness and the lamb uh, is slain uh, at the neck. There's blood that's dripping down and it's dripping down over nine different words that are written in the darkness below the lamb. And each of those nine words were written by people who have walked through those circumstances and have powerful testimonies of overcoming them. Um, Words like cancer, addiction, pain, rape, sin, depression. And the journey of creating that painting is nothing short, was nothing short of grueling. I really would love to write a book someday just about creating that painting. It was the most intense um, Thing I've walked through as an artist and all around God's hands and the Lamb of God is glory and I 
I approached that painting in fear and trembling. It's God's glory. How in the world do you even try to depict his glory and not dishonor him? And I honestly, ladies, was afraid of that whole, whole thing. And for those of you who work with watercolor, know you get one shot and you, you uh, oil paint, acrylic paint, you paint over and over and over. You could do 20 paintings. No one will ever know what painting is underneath with watercolors because it's transparent. You don't have that luxury. And so the glory, I messed up awful. And so I kept trying all kinds of techniques to cover up my mistakes. I employed uh, different mediums, uh, different techniques, like I said, all to no avail. Um, but I refused to quit in spite of the downward spiral that painting was heading in. And this is going on for months. This is like nine months. And I would just cry. I would come in for dinner just lifeless, uh, just so discouraged. But I, I kept saying, speaking over that pain, no, it will be excellent. No, no, no. Well, one afternoon, nine months into the painting, while working on it, I spilled dark brown paint across the top of the, the lamb's pristine white head. And immediately, I don't care how fast you are to throw water on it and absorb it with paper towels, that painting is ruined. And I, I just, I called my mom, she came out to my studio and I was just crying. I said, I don't understand this journey. But two days later, after the spill, I began to redraw. I began to start over. And that second painting flowed from beginning to end. And that glory that took five months on the first painting took five days in the second painting. And it was just pure watercolor. There was no covering up. And Jenna, you asked, how has God spoken to me through my work? Through that whole experience, God showed me that I can't take hold of excellence when I'm holding on to compromise with a death grip. I was not willing wow. to close the door on that first painting, though I knew very well it was falling short of what it should have been. I was settling and I knew it. And so I learned that if I want God's best, I have to let go of my way and trust his higher way, whether I understand it or not. I love that. I think that we're always like, as creators, well, all three of us really, like, we just, we love to connect with people, but we, you know, and the sense of community is so great, but also just like getting in the zone of your work and always feeling like, oh, this isn't quite right. Like it could be better, but it's like, instead of allowing like God to take the grips of it and, and see where he takes it, it's going to be so much better than what we could have imagined. Absolutely. And, and it's not always easy, especially when we're constantly pushing for our own dreams and our own goals to even hear what God has to say, but we need him, you know, to show up and we just can't handle it. Like it's beyond our physical capabilities in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Um, what's something for you, Michelle, that helps uh, you live in that uncomfortable place? Mm, good question, McKenna. You know, the longer you walk with God, the more track record you have of his faithfulness. Um, that breathes an awful lot of trust for both the present and the future. 
And I did a Bible study years ago by Beth Moore, and she was sharing how the greatest breakthrough of faith that we can ever experience is to let God bring us to a place where we trust him no matter what. And she said, there's no greater victory for us and no harsher blow to Satan. And so I've come to experience so much safety and strength through simply trusting God. And I can share story after story of God using hard beyond me circumstances for my good. Um, but one that comes to mind is uh, I used to paint flowers and scenery and I just wanted more purpose in my work. And God began calling me to paint people. But I'm a watercolorist who, as I've shared, you can't make mistakes. And my style is photorealism, especially back then. It was primarily photorealism. So to paint people in watercolors with my style, borderline impossible in my eyes. And so God um, had inspired me through words of my uncle who called me his hero, um, for the strength he sees in my life. But when he would call me his hero, I, I would be quick to, to, to realize that he didn't see the source of my strength. And so God gave me this vision for this painting, my hero. And here's his hero. She's fallen. It, it's a self-portrait. She's fallen while walking with her crutches and she can't get up on her own. But behind her is Jesus picking her up. And so... Um, I was so excited, so inspired, and I went to uh, my drawing table and with all of that I had, and after investing 100 hours into that painting that I was so excited and inspired about, I ruined it in one night, overshadowing the little girl's face. And I'm not a crier, I'm not a screamer, but I remember going into the bathroom of my studio and just screaming. And crying, Lord, I don't get it. And so I started over. And that second attempt as well, I ruined after investing many, many hours in that one. It was uh, in Jesus's rope. It was something that never, I, I, a mistake I should never have made. Um, and that painting too was ruined. And so I just kept praying, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need you to be the artist and simply use me as your paintbrush. And so a third time, this time I got models and Jenna was my model for um, <laughs> myself. She portrayed me and um, that third painting flowed. And in his sovereignty, God wove those messy failures into his plan for my life because three years later, I did a painting of baby Jesus and my painting has been hanging for the past three, past 13 years in the museum of biblical art in Dallas. And I just want to point out it's a museum, uh, not a gallery. And to have a modern day artist have work in a museum is a rare honor. And I stood in front of my painting. I visited this museum twice. And I just stood there in awe of the God who paints through me. And I knew that God allowed those failed attempts so that I would know right from the beginning 
the source of my gift. It's not me. I've seen what Michelle Stress can do on her own. And I've also seen what Michelle Stress can do when God uses her as a, his paintbrush. And so I can honestly look back and say that I am thankful for those failed attempts. I also love um, in your about page, you even put like anytime I lead like outside or you're led outside of your comfort zone, you just have to pray the same prayer. Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need you to be the artist and simply be my paintbrush. And it seems mm-hmm. like he totally took over. Um, he does. Such he a does. Story. And you're right, McKenna. It's a constant prayer. Yeah, it's so powerful. I remember posing for <laughs> the My Hero painting and you guys just have to go on her website and just look at these paintings and uh, just really see the complexity and just the beauty behind all the symbolism behind each one. I know the Lamb of God painting is just, oh my goodness, just so powerful with the things that people have overcome through God's strength. And um, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's funny. I, how old was I? Maybe like seven when I posed? For well, that? how old is Kara? Because she, she was born on the day of our photo shoot. Okay. Yeah. 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was born and she's, yeah. So that's, uh, she's 20 and I'm 27. So about seven, seven years, years, old. <laughs> so seven years <laughs> old. And um, yeah, I remember I was just being held, you know, held up by my arms by this man who literally looked like Jesus. <laughs> and um I don't know. It was just like, I know it's just so powerful, especially for me. Cause I, I, re- I remember my arms aching after, um, after you had us <laughs> out there for, uh, like, I think it was a million hours that we looked into the sun. And, and uh, it was 105 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> yeah, Truly. that's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, it was just so, just so real. Um, you know, that God can really lift us up and just have us do, just things that are so beyond us. So that's just so powerful. Definitely guys go check those out. And um, I just know that there are so many people in our communities and especially in our creative communities who are facing difficulties that they just never dreamed of facing. You know, I think especially in the last couple of years, there's just been so much going on. And so when you feel like the mess, you know, when you're when you're in your the bathroom of your studio, maybe um, you know screaming out to God, or, or when things feel like a mess, you know, do you have something that just really helps you in that moment, kind of visualize that? You know, Jenna, I hear you use the word mess, and I think of my watercolor palette where I mix my paints. It always looks like a complete mess. Yet each of my paintings are born out of that mess. And it's a perfect analogy for our lives as God uses our messes to create masterpieces out of us. And so that said, when facing incredible challenges, I find it really helps to remember that the messy palette is only part of our story. Amen to that. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, we just loved having you and I loved getting to hear your story and just more about you and your journey. Um, and I'm excited to order some prints that they're mm. so beautiful. You're so talented. 
for those of us Thanks. listening, we'd love to keep up with you. Um, would you mind telling us where we can find you, Instagram, your website, all of that? Thank you for your kind words, McKenna. Um, yes, my website is hispaintbrush.com. And you can subscribe to my blog and news there, as well as connect to my social platforms. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at hispaintbrush underscore Michelle. And Michelle has one L. And uh, on Facebook under his paintbrush. Michelle, just thank you so, so much. Um, I just want to repeat one of the things that you had said before that I'm probably going to write down and hang up in, in my apartment. But you said, I can't take hold of excellence when I'm holding on to compromise with a death grip. Mm-hmm. And I just think that was just so unbelievably powerful. And today, we just want to leave you guys with um, Revelation 12:11, And they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. So, Michelle, thank you so much for your sharing your testimony today. And we will see you all back on Spark the Podcast next time. Thank you so much.